Live from the meantime in Austin, Texas, this is the Sandlot Revolution Podcast. This is what a rambler sounds like. Delicious sparkling water made with our limestone mineral blend. This is what a rambler sounds like. Because Rambler gives back to the environment. Ramblers do it better. Visit RamblerSparklingWater.com to learn more. Today we're talking with Billy Karens, the founder of Old Town Coast, the first Sandlot baseball team in Key West, Florida. Nice. Good to see you there. I'm Howard Carey. How's it going, Billy? Right on. How's it going? It's good. Thank you very much. Um, got Daniel Northcutt over here. You know Brian Hood. And Howard, Howard and Daniel are both uh, playboys. You, you're, uh, you, you guys just squared off against, what, a month ago or so? Yeah. That yeah. Was, this, and, and so sorry for not being there. I was supposed to be there, and I had a, a house guest coming from overseas that had to push their trip uh, three weeks, and it pushed it out of my reality. Well, we're here now. Yeah. It was also the same weekend as Jack's second annual music festival, the Wizard Rodeo. Jack's that leads the Playboys, and so right, right. That, that detracted from attendance as well, I'm sure. Well, it was a soft landing, but I don't know. I'd much rather go to Key West, I think. Yeah. Um, I already secured Yardbirds there next year, so I'm too late. Nice. I'm snoozing on that. <laughs> well, Billy Karens, thanks so much for joining us on the uh, Sandlot Revolution podcast. Uh, live from Key West. Um, I've never been to Key West. How is it down there? How'd you end up down there? Oof. All right. So let's see. It's not that interesting of a story really to begin with, but um, I came down during spring break when I was a senior in college. Uh, I was li- I'm from Boston. Uh, I was going to Boston College and couple of buddies of mine, we didn't really have any money, so we were just trying to figure out the cheapest way to get somewhere warm, and it, the easiest thing to do was just drive south until we ran out of the road, and that's brought us to Key West, uh, March of, uh, let's see, 2021, I guess, so you can do the math and figure out how old I am at this point, and then- uh, March of 01, the March, March of 01, you said 21, March of 01. Or 2011. Yeah, so you're 23 years old. That's that's uh, impressive. Yeah, I, I meant 01. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Brain's going too. Brain's going. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that was a little bit more than 20 years ago. Um, and then on the way back, we were like, oh, you know, everyone was all hyped up and we should move to Key West. And everybody that was in that, it was like a Jeep. We drove down in a Jeep and there was five of us. And... Um, Everyone was like agreed that yeah we were gonna move back and then like push came to shove six months later I was the only one that that ended up back there so nice um, yeah and then I I think at the time I was only planning to stay for like a couple of months or six months I, I remember being like even a little bit nervous of like signing a, a year long lease because that was the only option and here I am you know twenty years later. And did you know anybody or is, I, I feel like Key West kind of place, if you visit once, you feel like you know everybody. And when you go back, you, you still know some people. Is that? Yeah. I mean, it definitely, there's, it's definitely transient. Um, I did end up finding like a sort of like a, um, a backup crew. 
to move down with, you know, guys that didn't really have much going on. And we're like, all right, I'll try it out. Um, so I did end up going down with some friends. It was just not the original friends that I was planning on going down with. And then um, those guys stuck around for like maybe a year or so, uh, maybe two. And um, and then I was the only one that kind of went the distance. But yeah, it's, it's transient down here. But then you also have a lot of people that like uh, are down here for a while. They leave. They may say, I'm never coming back. And then, you know, two years later, they're back. Because it's it definitely has like... You get to feel at home down here. It's a small community. Everybody kind of knows each other. Right. Yeah. It seems like a, um, I'm, you know, we've got Marfa here in Texas. And, it, and it, I mean, obviously it's much bigger at Key West, but it seems like, uh, you know, you get a steady flow of people visiting you in this beautiful place. And, uh, and you've got a pretty tight knit crew there, you know, and things are kind of, kind of slow internally but you know with all the people coming in and out of town it seems like it's just constantly hosting and you know fun and that kind of thing yeah it 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 there's never a dull moment down here there's times a year where it's a little bit slower or whatever but there's always something going on so how uh how did you get exposed to and where did sandlot baseball show up in your life well it's i mean there's a specific answer to that, which would have been like last year's festival. Um, I had one of the guys who has played on the Playboys before. Uh, he came down for the festival. Um, is also involved in the music industry. So this is 2021. This would be 2021. Yeah. So that we, you know, we took a year off. The, the, the festival's been going on on some level for five years now. Um, 2021 obviously we took a year off came back with or 2020 uh and then 2021 we we came back um and again i had a, a friend come down who's in, sort of involved in the music industry uh played on the texas playboys um yeah. robert sanchez still does and um and he basically said i i think the like the way that he knew that maybe I was involved with baseball was because my son plays baseball and I'm, I post about that once in a while. So he was like, Hey, if you're into baseball, you know, I play on this team. We do like a barnstorm once a year, uh, which is when we go into a town and we, you know, play a game or a series or whatever. We'd love to, to come down to Key West. So maybe we can do it for next year's festival. So this would have been like, there was basically like a whole year to plan. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. He sent a video, I think that featured Jack Sanders. It was maybe done by Yeti or something like that. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. I definitely would be up for putting a team together. And then, um, you know, I did play baseball growing up all the way through high school. Um, I, I would say that my, my greatest, uh, sort of baseball or softball moment was actually in college when I was playing like in a co-ed softball league. We can get to that later if you want. Definitely, but um, definitely. More, more recently, um, you know, I've, baseball has been through my son, who is now 14 years old. Um, I've got a little bit back into coaching. Key West is like a huge baseball town and community. It's like religion down here. Um, so when he was little, I was a little bit sort of tentative to get him involved in that because I'm certainly not in that scene, like competitive dad scene. Um, and 
he was, I was like, he, both my kids were born in Copenhagen. So we lived in Denmark for five years. So I haven't been in Key West 20 years straight. There was like 10 and then was he five years in Key West. You guys on there? Oh yeah. Okay. I lost your video for a second. Yeah. We still got you. Yep. You're good. Okay, cool. Um, and if I'm rambling, you can cut me off. Please ramble. Yeah. If you're rambling, okay. that means I'm not rambling, so they're not going to cut you off. All right. They're so our sponsor. It's actually this, not yeah, okay for us to. winded so you can just give me the, give me one of these <laughs> if you want. But um, so again, like getting back to the the story of my son and how I got involved with baseball again after playing in in high school and dabbling just in 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 softball and in college. Um, my son was born in Copenhagen. And so I naturally was like, I was just put him in soccer. Like it's a worldly sport. Like he can play wherever he goes. Also, he has like, he was born with like a physical disability in his right hand. It's his right hand is half the size of his left hand. So like as a dad, I was pretty aware of that because other than that, he's totally normal and you wouldn't notice it. But I figured like if he plays baseball, like this is going to be an issue for sure. Um, and so I put him in soccer and then I think he just on his own was like, I want to play baseball. And I was like, you know, I don't know. I did. First of all, I didn't really want to get into that competitive Key West baseball scene. And second of all, I was like, you know, maybe he's going to get picked on or he's maybe not going to be able to even hold a bat. I don't know. And um, so I agreed. And the first couple of seasons, so he, he started when he was like 10. Most of these kids have been playing since they're four or five. You know, they're in the cages on the weekend, one-on-one with coaches and everything like that. And uh, so we were way late to the game. Um, didn't know anyone in the league, really. He was terrible the first season, like really bad to the point where I was almost like, I don't know if I could even watch from the stands type thing. And he just kept his, put his head down. He's got a real good attitude and, and he's a he's a left-handed he's left he was forced to be left-handed because his right hand is too small to even really grip a ball and um he ended up just like really wanting to play and then he has like really natural mechanics he has a great like swing and a great like he's a left-handed pitcher and he's getting tall right now so two years he was terrible and then he started to develop he started to get bigger and he started to know the game better it's a complicated game if you're coming in as a 10 year old you know like there's all these it's strategy and weird things that he was not aware of it's not like just get the ball in the goal type thing um so he ended up like really thriving and now he's like the top left-handed pitcher like on the island for his age and you know on the all-star team and he's been voted like the sportsman of the year for the last two two seasons and so it was, it was like you know it was like one of those like rudy stories you know the underdog and um so it's been that's been great for me to watch um and it's you know it's been great for him he now like again is he's supposed to be a freshman at Key West High School next year, but he really wants to go to prep school in the Northeast. So, like, we're doing that. Like, we had applications due like two days ago, and that's where he wants to go. Nice. And I think part of that is like, he's just, I'm not sure if he'll ever be somebody who totally fits into the Key West baseball scene, even though he's proved himself as a player. He's like, he's just not really maybe of that mentality or, or of that pedigree. 
Right. right. What's his name? Christian. And, and you and I spoke on the phone in prep for today, and you you had mentioned that you know uh, uh, we're all aware of the the Uber way too serious little league environment for way too many kids out there. And, um, but you, and you were what you just mentioned a minute ago, you were aware of that before he started and played his first season. Uh, but you mentioned to me on our call that, uh, that you're coaching now, you're helping out. You're, you're, you're I always like being the third dad, the third coach, you know, yeah, where yeah. you don't have to deal with the moms and the emails, but, but you get to get on the field and help the kids. And that speaks volumes that you're, you've inserted yourself. And I mean, frankly, that's what, these uber serious environments need are more folks that recognize and, you know, let's, let's let these kids have some fun and what have you, but you're, uh, you're, you're helping make a difference in, in, in that regard, which is great. Yeah. I mean, I've been helping, like I, I always, that's the first thing I tell the coaches is like, you need a hand, you know, I'm there. And there's been a couple of games here and there where like coach couldn't make it. So I took the team over and it's to me anyways, it feels like a completely different scene when it's me coaching as opposed to somebody else. And some of these coaches are great. Don't get me wrong. Like, and there, there's certainly a big reason why like he's progressed from where he was to where he is now. So it's great in that respect. It's just for me, it's a little bit too, like I, I worry that some of those kids who are all stars or have been at it since four, like, and they're 14 years old now, like, they're already out there. They've already peaked. Like they're plateaued, like not only from like a, maybe a talent standpoint, like incremental, like progress, maybe, you know, they'll get a little bigger and they'll throw a little harder, but like, there's also that thing where it's just like, I, I don't know. I think you lose a little bit of love for the game if you're forced to do it all the time. So with Christian coming in as a tenure, like he's doing it because he really wants to. And that's where I think, Potential is his biggest like asset to a coach right now. He still has the love, like he's still got a lot to learn. He's still got a lot of skills to develop. Some of these kids really, it's just going to be a question of like, are they going to even be interested in a year or two years or five years from now? They have, they have six yeah. years of burnout that, yeah. that, that, you know, from, from the two serious coaches and dads that, that, that Christian doesn't have to deal with yet. Um, yeah. I want to ask you a selfish question. This I'll probably cut this out, but what um, I went to school up east and and was wondering what schools are you looking at up there? Uh, so he wants to go to. So he's applied to Phillips Andover, um, Phillips Exeter, Middlesex School, and Governor's Academy. Nice. Very so cool, cool. I went to Phillips Andover. So that was I think that was the reason why he. I mean, it is the reason why he he wants to go up there. Yeah. But it, it it didn't come from me either. Like when I went to Phillips Andover as a kid, like that was like my dad's dream. He was like, yeah. you're going to, I won't like I was, I knew I was supposed to go there since I was in first grade. And so when I didn't want that to be what Christian was going to have to go through, which was like this pressure of like, I want to help him, but it's his choice. Yeah, so. that's huge. That's huge to enjoying it. I went to Lawrenceville and then I went to Woodbury Forest. And, okay, right uh, on. And I enjoyed Woodbury a lot more because Lawrenceville is like college. But um, yeah, same type track. And then, but but I loved it because I went with a bunch of people I knew, and you know, it was it was just right for me. But so many people go, you know, get forced up there, and they just absolutely hated it. It's yeah, terrible. I mean, for me, like looking back on it. I really loved it. It was, it was a huge like asset for me, like, especially like going to college, college was just like a cakewalk. Um, 
But um, when I was there, I, I didn't feel like, because it wasn't really my decision, I felt like I was always a little bit like jaded by the whole thing. Yeah. I, I didn't experience it the way that I probably should have, but then I looked back and was like, that was a great opportunity. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. Cool. Well, I, so, so you're, uh, obviously your son's had this great experience. You've had, it seems like a great baseball experience with your son. And how did that move into, into you wanting to do, you know, Sandlot or getting into the Sandlot scene at all? Right, right. Okay, yeah. I, I feel like I'm, again, like, you can tell me if I'm rambling on and or whatever, but, like, we talked about basically at this point, the specific instance was sort of the invite last year at the or in 2021 at the festival, which is, like, we should do a barnstorm next year's festival. And then there's the whole background of, like, yes, I play baseball myself. My son plays baseball. It's a big part of my life still be, be through my son. Um, but basically, yeah, so last, I guess it would have been like January, 2022, which would have been like a year ago. Um, that was when Robert was like, you should put it, can you put a team together? And I kind of remember the conversation and I was like, yeah, like Key West has like a huge baseball, like history. Like I'm sure we could put like a, a crazy team together. And I kind of remember him just being like, yeah, like you don't have to worry about putting like a really good team together. <laughs> it's more about like having a good group of guys. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right, totally. And so then um, I just started to get the word out. Again, this is like a year a year ago. And um, I think I just made a post on Instagram, just like, hey, I'm thinking about putting together like a Sandlot team, like hit me up if you want to play. And it was strange because it was it was kind of just like, I guess maybe it's just because my followers or, my, or people who follow me are like my friends, but like the team that like, that we played with just like a month ago, we started about a year ago and it was just all the right people. You know, it was people with like everyone from like maybe one or two guys that played in college to like people who were like maybe played a little bit in high school to people who like last game was when they were 12, you know, um, nobody that was like a complete beginner, like couldn't catch or throw, but like definitely nobody who was like, throwing 80 either um if 80 is even like fast these days but um so yeah we started playing like i guess like spring of last year um and then it was great i rem i kind of remember the first couple of practices when people were coming and they were like i was pretty like not nervous to play but like i was like ah is this gonna be fun is this gonna like and I just remember everybody kind of being like, that was like way more fun than I was expecting. Like just batting practice, throwing, cat, you know, playing catch. Like it was all like way more fun than, than we were anticipating. And also just like it, that this sort of energy that everyone was like all together was like, I, I mean, it was just a good scene. And so we played for a few months and then like in the summertime in Key West, like people kind of come and go. A lot of people travel. It gets really hot down there. Um, and we took like a little bit of a break over summer. And then I, like towards the end of the summer, I was like, all right, got, I, the first practice, like again, like almost a year ago, I remember being like, the goal is to play a game next December. So like, let's just look to that. And then it would be nice if we could practice like once a week. 
but like, let's try not to get in over our heads with this. And so we played for a couple of months. We sort of had like a core of maybe like seven guys who were coming pretty much like every time we played. Um, and then we regrouped like mid fall. And I was like, we got like a month and a half before this game. We're still planning on doing this game. And everyone was like, all right, cool. And then, um, everyone was still pretty excited. And then I think it really started to like sink in. Like when I was like, all right, I think if we get like uniforms, like <laughs> that's going <laughs> to, that'll like solidify the team where it's like, people are going to be like, I'm definitely playing if I get a uniform. And so I do, uh, among other things, I do design work and screen printing. So I was like, all right, well, you know, we're not going to go all out for the uniforms, but like, let's make, let's look sharp out there. So I designed like some shirts and, and some hats and then like went and found like, you know, everything else. And once we started issuing those uniforms, which is like a month, probably like early November, then it was like, everyone was like fully on board. Like we got the uniform now, like every people were buying new gloves and bats and all that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, it was great. I mean, that would, that just kind of bled into the, the festival and they're like, they still kind of call me the coach, but there's definitely been like guys who took over because especially during the festival, I'm super busy with other stuff. So there were guys who like were leading the, you know, the group chat or picking stuff up that we needed or grooming the field and, and all that sort of stuff. So it's been a, it's been kind of like, I guess a year long team building experiment with some pauses in there. Um, but at the moment we probably have like, Again, we probably still have like a full lineup of guys who are like definitely committed. And then we probably have another, you know, five to 10 guys who are like would like to play, but just their schedule is limited. So a couple of things, uh, the gear and the uniforms is, is half the fun, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> I wear metal spikes and put an eye black on cause I can, you know, in the sandlot, <laughs> and, and that's half the fun for me. Uh, the team that you started is called the old town coast sandlot ball club. Good name. Um, yeah. uh, I started my team six years ago and similar to you, you said you scratched the surface on it a bit ago. Like I don't want to coach the team. I, I started the team and I deal with our scheduling and league stuff and whatever, and help plan our barnstorms. But I just want to show up every day and play baseball. I let other guys make the lineup and do the group right. chat, like you were saying and whatever. Um, the other point I was going to make is, uh, Oh, that you guys don't have a team to play in your area. So you're, we interviewed Matt Mestis from the uh, Radio City Rockefellers. I don't know. That was six months ago or so. Uh, great dude. Great team. But it's very similar. They're, they have a uh, adult league team and a different, more competitive, you know, uh, men's, men's league uh, in New York that, where they have teams to play. But there's no sandlot in New York City. So every game they've played has been a barnstorm. They've traveled. You had a team come see you which was nice, but you're, you're, you're starting to have, we spoke about this the other day. You're going to have to come see some, you're going to, you guys are going to have to make a trip to play, uh, play games here uh, in the next year uh, until you land some other, you know, some other startup teams there in your area. Right. Well, it's always nice to be in a place where people want to go. <laughs> I think you'll yeah, get plenty of people coming to you. We definitely have that. There's like a couple, there's a couple of um, ways to look at it. I mean, I, I think probably we could maybe develop like some more teams locally. Um, I just don't know if that's going to ruin it. Like I have this fear that like the next team would be like the guys who were 
Key West high school class of, you know, whatever, 2005 and like are throwing 80 and like, you know, it's not fun. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, but like, it's a pretty, it's a pretty small island. So like, I think I worry that the vibe would change. Um, There's definitely, like you said, um, people want to come to Key West. So that's a bonus that we have. Um, we're also already talking about, we want to go to Austin. We, we sort of got invited on a number of, from a couple of people already, which is great. Um, and, uh, the other thing we kind of thought about was just like, maybe we should just like expand the roster to like, say 25 guys and then just do like inter-squad games or whatever to, you know, as, because then it makes it easier. Like if we're going to travel, like probably less than half the guys are going to be able to go. So I'm sure you guys deal with that too. Like probably a lot, like a lot of guys that kind of play, but like you really have a core group of people who like definitely are going to show up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's, that's the right idea for sure. That, especially on that small little Island. You're right. That, that entered your suspect right to be a suspect of that. I think the energy would change greatly. So <laughs> protect it, pad those numbers and uh, get your ass over to Austin. Come see it. <laughs> yeah, it's right a, on. Yeah. Uh, that, that was where I was leaning. Yeah. And it's, um, it's almost, I don't know, safer to, you know, invite people to join your team, expand the team. Everybody gets the vibe and then have a team split off. Right. As opposed to, just encouraging people to start another team because then, like you, know, you said, you just risk the vibe being completely off. Right, right. I mean, the, the other issue we've been having down here is, like, the fields. It's the field because the baseball program is, like, so, um, you know, or whatever, the baseball community is so strong and there's um, – the fields are always being used. And it's not, like – we're not fortunate enough to have something cool like – a a plot of land that we could just like claim and call our own like the long time or whatever. Um, we had sort of actually planned to take over like an old soccer field um, and, and do something kind of like that. Where we we're going to, I had it all mapped out and it was going to be like two sixty down the line, you know, and it, it, it would have worked and there would have been a little bit of obstacles, but then um, I put the permit in to do, to do that for the festival um, also because the location was great. It was near where one of the other events were, but it, it was like, there was already a permit for that day for that field to be used as a parking lot. And I was like, Oh man, that's terrible. So we ended up playing on like a softball field. So we had to reconfigure it a little bit, but that's an issue in Key West is that like, um, the fields are always being used by like serious programs. Right. And there's not much land. Sounds like Sandlot. That's what so many cities battle that. We have that conversation all the time on this podcast yeah. with, with different guys, different cities. Yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> it, you know, it, that's where you just need to uh, start figuring out some of your own rules, like home runs or doubles right. and, you know, a certain number of home runs and it comes out, you know, like you just m- make it work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That, I mean, that is, that is what we do. Like the, the field that we play on right now is great. It's, it's, and that was the other thing too, is like, so Key West is, there's two sort of sides of the Island. There's old town and then there's new town. Old town is kind of like what you would expect. Like that's the Key West that you picture sort of like old, old houses and small streets. And like, that's also like where the tourists like spots are. And I live, I've always lived in old town. So like, 
most of the fields are in Newtown, which is like where like the big grocery stores are and like where the Home Depot is and stuff like that. And just to me, it doesn't feel like as Sandlot, you know, like it, it, for instance, like the, they're redoing all as we speak right now, like the, actually the little league season is like delayed right now because they're re-turfing five fields right now. Like, but like with like AstroTurf, what do you, what do you call it? AstroTurf, <laughs> call it AstroTurf, <laughs> but, uh, um, but yeah, like, so that to me doesn't feel right to be playing on a field like that. So. And so did your son play with the you? The field that we played. He did. He was like, so it, it was kind of funny because um, I think during the festival we had like 14 guys like in uniform and he was one of them. And he got, I think the, the game was at like three. So he showed up like right at three after school and um put the uniform on. I didn't have him in the starting lineup. In fact, like I wasn't even, I told him like maybe he wasn't even going to play. I, I wanted to make sure all the guys got a hack or, you know, got to play in the field. And there was this one point where like, uh, um, our pitcher came out and the center field, my son plays besides pitcher, he played at center field. So like the pitcher came out and our center fielder ran in to pitch. And like before I was playing first base and before like, I even said anything. He was like sprinting out the center field because like he definitely <laughs> wanted to play. So he took the initiative and, and I, so, um, but yeah, he, so he did play, but he wanted to pitch and I was like, yeah, no, you're not a pitch. So maybe someday. <laughs> That's pretty great. It's pretty great when, when fathers can play with their sons, we've got a, a few teams that, uh, have, have that happen. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, there, there was funny. We had someone doing like the color commentary, like uh, like in the. He was not in the press box, but he was like we had a PA and stuff, and and he he brought that up, something about Ken Griffey Jr. and and someone was it the Ripkins or I don't know, yeah. but uh, maybe somebody else. But um, he he brought that up kind of jokingly before Christian got in, and and then like he was basically being like, "Put your son in," and then we ended up doing it. So. <laughs> Nice. Well, we kind of breezed over a couple important points uh, about Billy that that I was excited to talk about. Um, I'm going to run through those real quick. Uh, a and I must have slept through this class in high school, but you were you you, you spent a couple of years as a sailboat captain. Oh, did we lose Billy? Oh, Looks like it. I think we lost him. Facetime, refacetime. Oh, hoodie's about to ask me questions. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Just. Uh, should actually maybe it's still going. Maybe we just can't see him. Hit the hit the uh now hit the big round button at the bottom. And then hit FaceTime top left. And he should be there at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Hit there. You there? Hello. Can you hear us? He's, he's texting or Not me. That ain't me, Dingin. Billy. Billy, can you hear us? Or is it is that dialing him? Oh, here we go. It disconnected. It hung up. It was trying to call, I think. 
oh, you know, try it again and then wait for it, and you may have to hit it when he starts to pick up. Yeah, he might have been trying to call us. He says, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> My phone died. <laughs> <laughs> little things. So like, little things. Now it's like kind of plugged in underneath me. Oh, well. All good. You good? You, you good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. As long as we can hear you, we just, you know, we, we do the okay. video, so. Um. All right, so uh, I was starting to mention a, a few things we brushed over at the intro uh, that, that are ex- important and exciting about Billy Billy Kierens, the uh, the founder of the Old Town Coast Sandlot Ball Club, uh, also the, the head of uh, Coast Projects is the name of your company, right? Yeah. Um, Billy's a photographer. Uh, I saw a really cool photo that you took of Shel Silverstein's home uh, after Irma hit. That yeah. was uh, that was uh, it was a great uh, cool photo is the wrong word to use but a, a really great great <laughs> picture uh, uh, for those of you that don't know and on uh, top of everything else he did he wrote Boy Named Sue Johnny Cash's song Boy Named Sue Shel Silverstein did um, you're a designer uh, you have a clothing including clothing line for men women and and, and kids Hat, you got some cool hats and, and things I saw online shirts uh, pants. Uh, you have uh, you were a sailboat captain for I don't know how many years, but I must have slept through that class in, in high school where I could be a sailboat captain. Um, yeah, how'd that how how'd that happen? What were you doing there? That was like right when I moved to Key West. So like I got came out of college and I I ended up in Key West. Basically, I told you the story of how I got here. I just the reason why was pretty much because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I thought, well, I could figure it out while I'm in Key West. And, and then I did that. And I think the easy, not the easiest job, but the most like interesting job for somebody who is 22 years old was like to work out on a sailboat. So I did that for, well, yeah, that was the first job I got was like working on a charter sailboat. And then it was pretty, it was an awesome job actually for a 22 year old kid, you know, be out there in the water all day and, um, but I remember thinking like, if I'm going to be down here, like I would rather be driving the boat. And so <laughs> instead of like scrubbing the deck, you know, um, so I, I kind of like fast tracked the whole captains, you know, you, there's a certain amount of sea time that you have to have and you have to take some coursework and there's tests and, and stuff. It's pretty involved. But the company that I was working for is basically like, we'll help you like fast track this captain's thing. So I did that. And then I think probably like within a year I was driving the boat. So, and, and then I did that for like four or five years, I guess. And that seems to be kind of the mentality you take to life. You know, you uh, Hurricane Irma hit and 16 or 17. And on the heels of that, you started your, your music festival uh, Coast is Clear Music and Arts Festival uh, in Key West, uh, launched in 17. You guys have it the first week of December to celebrate the end of the Atlantic hurricane season. Um, and it's alive and well today. I mean, I, you know, I, I learned of you through a, a, a guy on my team, AC Albert, who's from the Keys, uh, lives in Austin now, um, and attended, went to the fest last year, went to the fest this year, and played with the Playboys because. 
um, they needed some players, right? Yeah. And met you, and uh, he was the one that came back and said, "You need to you need to talk to this guy." So how did that <laughs> how did that festival come about? I mean, and I mean, it so seems- yeah, so yeah, I, I think yeah, I I, I tr- I'm somebody that's always kind of trying to see opportunities that maybe don't exist or that like whatever interests me, I kind of go after. Generally speaking, so like when I moved back from Copenhagen, I told you I lived in Copenhagen for five years. That was like 2007 to 12. Moved back, had two kids. Like I knew I wanted to, I didn't want to get back into like driving boats or do anything on the water. It's just, it was too like involved if I had kids. So I needed to kind of be on land. And so I wanted to pursue something more creative. Like I was already, artist would be a, maybe a, the wrong word at the time, but like I was definitely more interested in using my hands and my creative side to, to create a, like a career or, or do something. So that's when I started Coast. Um, it was really just like an arts-based like um, experiment. Uh, I took over, or not took over, but like I found like an old boatyard that was being rented and was like, I mean, it was like exactly what I wanted. I just didn't have like the means to like do it myself. So I, I basically got some friends to pitch in and we created like an artist collective, um, in this boatyard and we did all sorts of things like sculpture and murals and everything like that. And then at that time, 10 years, I'm, I'm going to bring this around to the music thing, but like at this time, like 10 years ago in Key West, there was like no real like ticketed live music at all. Like it was bar gigs everywhere. You know, this is what you kind of probably picture when you hear about Key West. Um, But there was nothing, there was no place to like go and watch like your favorite musician. You would have to go to Miami, which is like three and a half hours away. And we would do that. We would like be like, Oh, so-and-so is playing and we're going to drive up to Miami. And, um, but I, I was just kind of like, oh, well, now we have this space. It's certainly not like a music venue, but like we could just build a stage. And so we built a stage out of like old Dockwood. And I just started to kind of like navigate the live music industry space. Like, oh, like, <laughs> like I like this guy's music. Like maybe he'll play down here. And like it took a little while, but people started to like, I I started to realize like you go through an agent or like a management company or like all these things about like tour routing and like it's going to cost more if they're just coming for this show as opposed to if they're also playing in Miami and Tampa and like they're going to, you know, do like a whole tour down there. Anyways, um, so like it took me a little time to like sort of figure that out. And then I ended up getting some shows just out at that boatyard. It was like so, I mean, I look back on that time and I'm like, it's crazy that people didn't die, that we didn't get like arrested, that like, yeah, I mean, it was nuts. It was like extension cords and borrowed PA systems and we were selling beers just like out of coolers, like no permits, no license, nothing. Um, But we got some like pretty big names. I mean, Mason Jennings played last night down here i put a show on with him he was like one of my favorites at that time or he's still one of my favorites but like um he was the first show that i did and i guess it was probably 2013 or 14 he took a took a like a 
like a chance on playing this completely like brand, brand new. Uh, I don't know. He, he took a chance or his agent did maybe, but, um, and we started like selling shows out like in 24 hours, like, Oh, so-and-so is playing at, at this boatyard. What? And, um, so I did shows like just sporadically, like when it worked out. And then after a few years, there was kind of like a, a group of guys that had come down and played a show or two shows already. And that was when, like in 2017, when Hurricane Irma hit and it hit like in September and it was like devastated the keys. That was where like that, uh, Shel Silverstein photo was from then. And, and I just remember thinking like, well, we could probably do something to like acknowledge this happened, raise some spirits, maybe raise some money. That wasn't really the goal because we, we hadn't been successful making money off shows. Um, but I, then I started to think like, well, we can't do this too soon because like what happens if we, we have like a concert and then like another storm comes. So that was when I like familiarized myself with, okay, well, hurricane season like has an official ending and that's December one or November 30th, I guess. Uh, so I'm like, well, why don't we just do it that weekend, like the first weekend after that date? And the the company was already called Coast Projects, and our, you know, one of the projects that we were doing was this live music series. So then I thought it just seemed like a clever idea to call it Coast is Clear when like we finally were in the clear for hurricane season. And then 2017, I had some of my buddies who had already played shows down here come back. And that was like Raylan Baxter, Langhorn Slim, G-Love. I don't know, maybe a couple other guys. But that was the first year. That's great. And that, yeah. And at the time, it was, I don't even think it was, I don't even think I considered it a festival. I think it was actually called just like the Coast is Clear Concerts. And... um yeah, and then, then and then I just was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I feel like it was started for the right reasons, so like we should maybe continue it for the right reasons, um, which was like a community celebration of like sort of getting through the hardest part of the year on the island. It's slow. It's hot. There's always a threat of storm. Sometimes storms actually hit. Like this year, we had a pretty big one. Um, and so all those things were going to be consistent. And then generally speaking, once you get to December in Key West, there is like a collective sigh of relief, which is like, all right, it's going to start getting busier. We're going to start making money. The weather's going to start getting better. Like we don't have to worry about hurricanes. And so that's where the festival started. And that's pretty much what we're still doing right now. That's, in, that's incredible. Um, <laughs> too much fun. And I, I'm, while I'm glad that no one died in the, in the early days, <laughs> early, early years, uh, you wouldn't have a good story. I think all good things kind of come from that. Uh, well, that yeah, craziness. So there, I should say this too. I'll jump in, but like, basically like that period out there, it was like 2000, I guess we took the space over like 2012. So it's been 10 years since that was started. And then, um, we had that space all the way up until 2018 and it kind of got like taken away. Like that whole area, it was out on stock Island, which is like this industrial section of town of the, or it's not even, it's the next Island up technically, but it's part of Key West. Um, that whole Island had been like being developed by 
you know, whatever houses and condos and sort of stuff. And so that the whole energy there changed. It went from being this like dumpy place that artists could afford to like more money coming in. And we really got that space just like taken away from us. Somebody came in with some money, wanted to do something with it. They kind of actually wanted to mimic what we were doing, but in a way that was like probably with permits and like people weren't going to die. Um, so we got to take the space like taken away. But then when I looked at the time, I was really like upset because I put a lot of work into it. But then I kind of looked back and I was like, that was just like a moment of time. This is like five year period of magic that like probably wasn't going to last even another year at that point. And I, I just look at back on it like with a smile instead of like a disaster because it, it I mean, there was a, a, we did have a stage burn down at one time. Like it was, it was like something probably not good. It would have happened at some point in time. So I do look back on it as this, like that couldn't happen anymore. It's just things change. Um, and there's also tons more. We were kind of like the canary in the coal mine for concerts in Key West. Now there is an amp that city. I don't want to say it's because of this, but we definitely proved that there was a demand for live music down here. The city since then has put up an amphitheater. There's like multiple um, theaters in town that have like concerts two or three times a week that are ticketed. So there's tons more live music. And we still, even though there, we were kind of the first ones to do it, we still do it, but it's much more on like a backyard underground feel, even though like the lineups that we have are pretty like world class. I mean, they're great, like in the type of music that I like anyways, but it still definitely has like a backyard feel to it. And it's important to you to keep it independent and keep that. That's a, yeah, a priority exactly. for you. I read about and, and, and you're right. Your lineups are, I mean, I'm, same genre of music that I love, uh, way legit, like way legit, <laughs> you know, like you had, uh, Mason Jennings and John Craigie last night at your concert series. Uh, this year's, uh, festival lineup was his golden messenger who I effing love, uh, Langhorn slam fruit bats, Bonnie light Hortzman. Uh, you've introduced me since I've started researching you for today's interview. I've, uh, you've introduced me to, uh, Neil Francis and, um, and Mason Jennings, who I love. So thank you for those introductions. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's, uh, what's up with the Austin scene? So you had, uh, last year you had Black Pumas, and this year you had uh, Shaky Graves, who uh, you may know is also a San, Alejandro is also a Sandlot guy, plays on the Austin, plays on the Austin Ramblers here in town. Uh, I think it's just, you know, there's a couple of hot spots around the, around the country that are sort of heavier into this type of music that I'm into. You know, like East uh, Nashville, Austin, you know, um, that type of stuff. So I, I guess that's just why, you know, it's a higher concentration. You also land, you also have, uh, you also uh, fold in a couple uh, interesting and uh, cool as shit and dynamic. Like you had Preservation Hall Jazz Band. They've been around a couple of years, right? Uh, and then yeah. how about that the Brazilian band uh, Skank? Uh, uh, I, I, would, no. I would love to see no, them okay, live. So I've heard. I do have to jump in on that because that and there, this was there was some confusion there, but that's actually a local band. I was just saying that the Skank is actually a local band. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> there's a Brazil. I, I read that. I, I, know, I went I know and looked them up. A Brazilian band, and I I was aware of that, but then um. 
but yeah, they would have been lo- billed really low if that was the actual that the actual <laughs> skank band. What well, sounds like, uh, I mean, number one, great, great attitude, and I guess from my humble opinion, the the right attitude on on the thriving and kind of. Uh, proving out the live music scene there like you're right you can either be pissed off uh, that it's done or you can be grateful for for a chapter and i don't think that there's any doubt in anyone's mind that y'all were a catalyst and and the burgeoning live music scene that's going on there now and and that's great but uh it also sounds like you're keeping it sandlot all the way around uh (laughs) within that festival and uh man that's just cool what it what a yeah. great story. We're glad to have you in the Sandlot uh, Revolution world. And, and Billy, uh, we're, we're uh, 48 minutes into our 60 minutes, but our tape is almost full, so we're cu- about to cut it short. I was just notified. i got to read something I read about you. You mentioned a bit ago about your uh, design. You said not quite an artist is the wrong way to describe it. I would disagree. A uh, comment you said, uh, uh, I read about you was uh, that you said, push yourself to be creative in things that don't necessarily have to do with business. For me to be creative, I have to be excited. And, uh, you know, for those of you out there that can paint a little bit or sing a little bit or, or can't do any of those but can bring that level of entertainment and arts to others, then go after it. And I think that's a great example and a great, great, uh, great foundational comment to, to, to give. Well, thanks. Absolutely. I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, it's been fun. And um, uh, yeah, look forward to hopefully coming down to Key West or having you all come up here to Austin or seeing it one of these barnstorm uh, revivals that's that are happening all over the place. You know, maybe something closer to y'all, but uh, looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, man. We're, we were we were looking to maybe come try and come like this spring to Austin, so. Come to Austin, bring Christian. Christian can play center field on my team against you guys or something. <laughs> I'll tell him. I'll tell, tell him. him. Congrats, though, and uh, keep on persevering right. through this fucking world. Thanks, guys. All right, Billy, Thanks. be good. Bye, you Thank you. Cheers. All right, have a good one. Our theme song is by The Tender Things, written by number 33 of the Texas Playboys, Jesse Ebal. Mm-hmm.